It's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chrissy. You doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, today's show is not going to have any segment headers. It's a purple lipstick show. Mm-hmm. I noticed. We um, haven't had a purple lipstick show in a long time. No. I wonder if our friends even remember what a purple lipstick show is. Purple Lipstick Show is when you're going to be brave and talk about something courageous. Courageous. Something that makes you feel um, like you need to put your brave face on. Yeah, um, because today we're going to talk about something uncomfortable. And I actually feel like our past few episodes, we've been diving into some things that are new content areas for us. We have. We've talked about gender Mm -hmm. and gender fluidity. We've talked about... We talk about recently, like the last episode, we talked about something that was a little yeah edgy. We should know. I don't know. That's how that's how our brains are right that's now. How we are. We right can't now. even remember what we talked about last week. We don't know. I do know that it's just a really sad world out there right now, mm-hmm. and it's not a friendly place. And I did my for your eyes only video. And I was like, guys, I know there's a bunch of sad things, but I don't want to talk about the sad things. I just don't want to. I I want to come in and do something light, and I want to do something encouraging. I really wanted to come do something encouraging, but I also have a commitment, Heather, to this show to be real and true and authentic. You know, I've been doing a... Um a media fast. I know you have. For the past week. Um, And I go back and forth on whether or not it is mature and responsible to put my head in the sand once in a while and -hmm. pretend like this stuff isn't happening. And on one hand, I feel like I have a responsibility as an adult to be informed about what's going on in the world so that I can be part of what makes things better. But then I also feel like I have a responsibility as a person to care for my mental and emotional health. And I cannot handle all of the negativity going on in the world right now. And there are times where I just want to leave, like leave society and just like live in a cave. Thank you so much for saying that because that's exactly how I feel. I have not watched... The videos that people are watching, I don't want to watch a man get murdered. I don't want to watch it. And I don't know if I have 
I don't think I have a social responsibility to watch that. Like, I know what happened. I understand what happened. I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want that in my thoughts and in my dreams. I don't want to watch footage of a truck driving through our downtown. And I don't, I don't want to do that. I um, was having messages come into my phone yesterday that I didn't want of images that I didn't want to see and videos that I didn't want to click on. And I saw them coming in through Facebook and I texted my friend who sent it and it said, is that a scary video? Because I'm not going to watch it if it has something, if it's violent. And, and his response, I understand where he's coming from. And he says, you have, you need to watch this. You need to know, you need to know what's happening. And I felt the same way. I was like, but like, how much do we need to know? And how much is, more than we like i i do believe that i have a responsibility as a contributing member of our society to be informed about about what the the negative things going on in the world i cannot i cannot pretend like that's not happening but how many times do i have to watch it right like do i need to watch the video five times or do I need to just know that the video is there? Right. If I know that this is happening, I know generally what's going on. We have so much on us right now. It, it honestly made me think about um, some old, old research studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, some old, uh, do you remember there was a case of, um, gosh, I wish I could remember it better because I'm, I'm going to butcher this completely. But there was um, a bunch of people in... Uh, I think it was New York City, super hot out. I think the electricity was out or something, and nobody had air conditioning, and the conditions were just super, super terrible. And some like crime occurred or whatever, and people didn't didn't react, you know. And it they like all these factors go into promoting violence or promoting unrest, and we are in a bad set of conditions already right now because of this virus and because of all the uncertainty that we're living in just in general and it's getting hot out and it's getting we're really bored and everybody's just generally unhappy and then we see something that is crazy wrong and crazy not okay and it ignites in us not only the unhappiness with the crazy wrong thing but also all of the other bad feelings that are sitting inside of our hearts right now Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like like honestly in the last like day and a half i am usually just a pretty positive person but i've been like is this like the beginning of the end is it i mean like me too it's really really bad i have had tears just at the verge i've had a lump in my throat I've had a, a pit in my stomach for days over something that be, that feels so overwhelmingly hopeless. Mm-hmm. And that is not my default setting. Mm-hmm. That is not that is not where I usually go. And it's um, and, and I am I am no part of this story. Well, I'm going to amend that this. I am an observer. Mm-hmm. I am an observer of this. I part of what is on me is feeling like as a white person, mm-hmm. 
I've seen people I've seen people post things like um, it's not enough to be not to be not a racist. You have to be actively fighting against racism. And I like that concept. I agree. And that is overwhelming. I don't know what my role is in that. Mm -hmm. Like, do I need to be an activist? Do I need to go protest? Or is it like, like, I don't know what to do. And it's, I feel like I have some type of a responsibility and I don't know what to do. And I feel like we're in trouble because we don't know what to do. Right. People are coming out and saying, like uh, other white people mostly are coming out and saying, well, you don't get to say, I don't know what to do. Here's all the things that you need to do. And like, and I don't know if you get to choose for me exactly what I need to do. And I have found myself behaving I don't know. Oddly, like mm-hmm. I've like usually I interact with black people on a fairly regular basis, but most of the black people that I interact with have assimilated into quote white society. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're people who like I'm not I'm not in a southern black church participating in a culture that I don't understand, or I'm not the only white person in a room full of black people. It's usually there is a black friend in a room full of white people. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I have found myself like neighbors. If I see a black neighbor walking, I'm just extra smiley and wavy right now. I'm just like, hi, you know, like it, and what, okay. that seems that feels weird. It, it feels weird. And I've been, I've been noticing the same thing. Um, when I was out for my run this morning, Um, I was running at a time when a lot of people were out for their morning walk. And I was running in a neighborhood that has a a lot of multiculturalism. There's a lot of ethnicities represented in this area where I was. And I felt like I noticed myself being extra smiley and waving Mm -hmm. to people that I was like, I wanted to say, good morning. Hi, I'm not, I'm not mean. I'm nice. <laughs> I'm not mean. Like I'm, I'm okay. Like I don't, I don't condone this. Like just because I know that I'm white, but I'm not like them. Mm-hmm. And it bothered me that I felt like I needed to say it because yeah. I didn't feel like it was <laughs> like nobody. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why it just did. It, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like, I'm aware of my privilege. Um, and I, I guess that sometimes maybe I'm maybe I'm part of the problem because I'm, I'm aware of my privilege, but I don't know how to use it. You know, it's just it is a thing that exists. I was talking to a friend the other day, a white woman, and she was talking about one of her best friends is a black woman and they, you know, do a lot of things together through their work. And she said that one day they pulled up um, into the parking lot of a government building here in Tallahassee and the white woman needed to grab something from um, her son-in-law's Volvo for, like, from his car, right? And uh, so she ju- jumped out of the car and she tried the handle and it was locked. And so she like covered up her eyes to look inside, you know, through the tent and she looked into the car and then she's like, oh, it's not in there. You know, I got to run into the building. And so she ran up to the door of the building and she got the box of stuff and came back out. And her black friend is sitting with her the whole time. And her 
when she gets back in the car, her black friend says to her, I can't believe I just watched you do that. And not one person, like, said anything to you. She's like, if I would have gotten out and I would have looked into that car and I would have put, you know, the little blinders up to look into the back of that car and tried the handle, somebody would have asked me what I was doing. Like, she's like, you you don't even recognize the things that you just can do that I can't. There's a, a book um, called Small Great Things, I think is what it's called. I'm looking it up. Um, that it that tells the story of that. And it was one of the first times that I started to understand what white privilege meant. Um, because I was so naive. I, I was Jody Picoult, small, great things. Um, and it's, it's, oh man, it'll, We'll put it in the show. Yeah, notes. it opened my eyes to a lot of things um, because I was very naive. You know, I I lived in this this idea of, oh, we've come so far, you know, and, and everybody has equal opportunities. And, you know, you can do it. Just, you know, work hard and, you know, just be responsible. And I didn't realize how many obstacles that there are for um, people of color until I started hearing stories from friends about us having so completely different experiences trying to do the same thing. Right. And I just had no idea. I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking about my experiences with the police. And once this, this is kind of a funny story. I mean, it's just like a 22-year-old dom who I I once was, you know. And I uh, was getting pulled over. Actually, the reason I was getting pulled over is even funny. Because I had had um, one of my ex-husband's friends had been over. And he was a police officer. And we were talking about driving. And he's like, man, when we're driving on the highway, like when we're driving and you're driving, I'm not paying attention to you. I'm just trying to get where I'm going to. Like, oh. stop, stop being, you know, like, stop, like, you know, oh, I got to go exactly the speed. Like, so it was just a couple days after this conversation, and I'm driving over in Orlando down the 417, which you can really fly down the 417. It's, you can drive fast over there. And there's a cop, and he's going fast, but I'm going faster. Uh-oh. And I just go around him, and I just keep going because I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like literally like 22 years old, right? And I'm just flying by. And he turns his lights on. Of course he does. Of course he does. Of course he does, right? We're like the only two cars on the road, and I blow past him at like 90, right? Asshole, right? So um, he pulls me over, and for some reason, I just have this moment, like this little, and I undo my seatbelt. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, crap, I undid my seatbelt, and now I'm going to get a seatbelt violation, but I don't want him to know. I want to be clear that I wasn't, you know, like you start to panic in your head. Uh So I jump out of my car. I get out. Wow. Yeah, I get out and I stand there and I look at him and he's a canine guy. Uh-huh. He's got the canine sign. And I'm like, do you have a dog in there? <laughs> like, I swear to God, this is this is how dumb this is and how this is going. And I'm like, I had my seatbelt on, but I did it like, and I just jumped out of my car. I took my seatbelt off. I got out of my car and I engaged in a conversation with this guy about a dog. And I am a totally non-threatening, like he didn't, I mean, he's like, ma'am. 
sit down. You know, like, he's not he's not scared. He doesn't draw a weapon. He doesn't whatever. If I would have been a black man, if I would have been a 22-year-old black male instead, I don't know. I, I could have had the exact same panic in my head. Crap, I accidentally took my seatbelt off. But I... You had benefit of the doubt. I could have had a different outcome, you know? And I I don't think cops are bad, and I don't think black men are bad, and I don't think, I don't, but something super bad happened, that's for damn sure. And it's a systemic problem. It, like, the reason that this stuff happens, it, like, we, we can't tell cops you can't draw your gun. We can't, like, but we also can't give cops the, like, the, the profiling power and the, I don't right. I mean, it's. There's no easy answer to no any easy of it. There's no easy answer at all. There's, there's, n- I don't, I don't know where to even start. The only thing that my brain is able to recognize in all of the, the chaos of what's happening in our world is that things are escalating. It mm-hmm. seems to me that things are escalating. We clearly have never gotten this right. We've never healed. The, w- w- the time that we thought that we were better, clearly we weren't. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's, it's a humongous problem that I don't like to be pessimistic, but I don't see it ending anytime soon well the thing is, like i don't know if i'm doing things right like i i think that what we do as white people is we decide to 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 prove to make our list right. of why we're part of like i'm like i've been on dates with black guys okay like i'm obviously not racist right you know, like like or you know we we come up with this list of things that the behaviors that we do mm-hmm. you know like that make well i'm not I'm not, you know, but I'm part of a system that is, you know. I just don't know what I can do. Right. Like, I, 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 I recognize the problem, and when, I, when, it's, when it's outlined like this, and I'm able to, like, pull back and look at the different events that are taking place, and they sicken me. I mean, I mm-hmm. feel physically ill. Mm-hmm. And it's an overwhelmingly huge problem that I don't know what I can do about it other than, I mean, this seems like such a, such a, such a stupid thing, other than be a good person. Like, is, is that enough? Is it enough for me to just be a good person to the people around me? Or do I need to go protest? Do I need to, to do something bigger? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, if all the stuff that's happening right now, all the protests that are happening right now, and that's not changing things, I'm going to... Well, someone's going to tell you that you're wrong no matter what you do. That's true. So I um, invited someone to come on our show. Mm-hmm. Um, I invited a black man who is also a police officer in the simple act of doing that made me feel guilty made me feel weird made me feel like hey yeah little white girl wants you to explain something to me and then I hear people who are like it's not it's not black people's job to educate us and uh, you know it's, it's not like it's not up to them to tell you you know what's wrong with you know white people or whatever but isn't the best thing we can do just to have real conversation and real connections with people of different race. Like saying, 
I generally like black people who are all over there in a different part of town than me, and I don't have any problem with them, but they are not integrated in one another's lives in a particularly meaningful way. I think it's very superficial. Yeah. Yeah, I, I on, and I'm, I'm speaking in general, general, <laughs> generality, <laughs> that the, I, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. The past three to four years of life in America has opened my eyes to how naive I have been about race and um, other cultural clashes. I have had a, a very Pollyanna kind of perspective of, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody's good and everybody wants the best and you know everybody has good intentions and then i have had this consistent experience of of people being revealed to me as not having good intentions Mm -hmm. and not having the values that i thought that they had Mm -hmm. and it has jaded me um, in a way that i resent and i don't on what i i i thought we were better than this I really did. I really thought we were better than this. And it is overwhelming. I've, I've used that word so many times, but that's the truth of it is that, wow, this is us, guys. This is really, wow. Okay. I did not, I was not aware. Yeah. I've been living in my little Pollyanna bubble and I had no idea. Well, I think that right now. We are at a place where we have personal things in our own lives that, you know, everybody always has something that, Mm -hmm. you know, is not perfect at the moment, whatever it is, whether someone's relationship is in trouble or whether somebody, you know, has a sickness or someone in their family is sick. So we have the things in our personal lives. Mm -hmm. Then we have the things in our communities that are hurting. Mm -hmm. I think that it it did impact me having protests and whatnot right here in our local community. Mm -hmm. There were like what they say, 11 to 15 cities around the country, you know, and our city happened to be one of them, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's a community situation. And then there is, you know, our country and a big situation with our country. And then there's a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there is negative stuff coming at us from all avenues. And I know that I am a person who is very in tune with the hearts of my friends and and the people that I'm closest with. And when I see one of my friends suffering for any reason, no matter what is happening with them, I absorb those feelings and Mm -hmm. I eat that up and that becomes a part of me and my feelings. And that's happening still on that personal level with my friends who I have a few friends who are going through big things right now and it's heavy on my heart on their behalf and it's also now I have the weight of my country (laughs) and my world like sitting on my heart it's crippling Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to burst into tears Mm -hmm, me too almost all the time Mm mm-hmm because I have the same thing. I absorb all of the energy and mm-hmm. and I hold the space for all of these people and I can't not do it. Right. You know, it's it's just you know, I, I'm just an empath. Yeah. I do like exercises with myself. Like I sit and I'm like, that's not mine. Like we were both talking earlier that we, we can't sleep. Yeah. Like and I'll lay there and I'm like, This isn't mine. 
Like this isn't, you know, the how, and how do, how do I let it go? You know, how do I let it go? Like, and some of it is mine, and you got to hold on to the parts that are yours and deal with them. But you can't uh, like soak up other people's emotions and still continue to be a functioning human being. I told you that I got in my car last night, Heather, and I drove to the gas station and I bought a pack of cigarettes. I am a non-smoker. I smoked five cigarettes in a row, chain smoking, and then I went to bed. And I I mean, to me, that is the biggest indicator that I'm just a stressed out, crazy Mm -hmm. person, you know, that, that that's the biggest indicator there could possibly be, you know? I know that I'm there too because I am stress eating and mm-hmm. I and I can see the pattern and I know what's happening. It's like I can see myself from outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's stress mm-hmm. and that it's gotten to a point where I'm feeling like I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And I have the same thoughts of this isn't mine. But then I also have the voice like we both are overachievers. Mm-hmm. We both think we can save the world. Absolutely. And so we both believe the voice that says you could be the one. Mm-hmm. You you need to help. You could do it. You can use your voice. You can do this. You can help. And it's really hard to yeah. not believe that. Mm-hmm. Because I and because then you hear then you hear people say you know like you know one person you know one person can make a difference. It doesn't feel like that right now. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Well, I did, like, I knew that we weren't going to come on here and have a show where we're like, but everything's going to be okay, and Chrissy and Heather are here, and we're happy. (laughs) I knew that was not going to be today's show. But I did stop and think to myself, like, what can I do? Right now, I can't change the world. Right now, the best that I can hope for is that I can get myself to a place where I'm like, my life is not just total shit and sadness. Um, And I thought about a post that I put up that I think we talked about on the show when coronavirus first started. Mm -hmm. And it was just like five little things that I could do to have, you know, some control over the status of a better day. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about that today. And I'm like, you know what? It was things like, I'm going to take my vitamins, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and eat as healthy a food I, as I can to keep my, you know, physical body the best that I can be. I'm going to take a shower every day because mm-hmm. you know, I think especially in these like staying at home times, you get a little lax with the whole, yeah. you know, whatever. It was, you know, uh, today I got up and I put on purple freaking lipstick and I brushed my hair and I made myself look like a presentable human being and... I said, all I can do is talk about this that I didn't want to talk about. I didn't want to talk about it, but I can, I can do that. I can go over. I can sit down with my friend, and we can talk about this, and we can talk about our very valid feelings that we maybe aren't doing enough, and we can sit with that for a day or two. We don't have to jump into action. We're both action takers, and we don't feel good if we're not actively right. part of something. Um, but it's okay, and I guess that that is the thing, to come and say, it's okay if you're having crappy, crappy feelings. It's a crappy, crappy time. 2020 blows. <laughs> oh, God. It's the worst. <laughs> Heather and I were writing a song earlier about how the whole world is shit. The whole um. <laughs> world's having a shitty day. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I mean, it just it's, it's shitty, guys, and it's fine that it's shitty. Hopefully, it's going to improve. You know, I I feel like right now, like all the things you said, and then the best. I can't even say that it's the best I can do because it's not the best I could do. The best that I could do would be to inspire a revolution of some kind. Absolutely. You know, like the best right. that I could do mm-hmm. is is do something. But right now I feel like I cannot make things worse. Right. You know, I can I can try to actively make things better and I can absolutely not make things worse. And I I kind of feel like It feels super slacker to say the best I can do is not make things worse. Mm-hmm. No, that is not the best you could do. But I... But go ahead. It, well, it's the best I... It's where I can start. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like just being here, sitting down, hopefully being a couple of rational voices who say, look, we don't like this either. Look, we don't know what to do either. You know, I'm I'm not trying to boss anybody and tell you that what like what you're doing, whatever you're doing out there, as long as you are not making things worse, <laughs> you are doing okay. And it's okay to not know where to start. And hopefully in a few days that'll resolve and we'll all know how to how to move on, but Sometimes I feel like when we come on here and talk, when when you and I, like, share a feeling, that a lot of times our listeners are sharing that same feeling, you know. And so maybe, hopefully, all I can say is that I hope that we're helping just by opening the door to a conversation. And I want our listeners at home to have conversation with your friends and around your tables about these things, too. And I want you to be mindful that... Everybody who we're talking to, their their hearts are sad, too. The conditions are yucky right now. And, you know, we've been talking for weeks on end about extending as much grace as we can. And we need to be extending it to ourselves as well right now. And if that means you take a social media break or a general media break, then you take that break and you don't feel guilty. And people don't get to tell you if you didn't watch this or you didn't do that or you didn't donate here or you didn't whatever, that you're not doing it right. People don't get to tell you that. And if you have access to um, mental health support, take it. This is the time more than ever that we all need somebody in our lives that we can, that will hold space for us. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a high anxiety time. And, and I, I just really want to encourage everybody to do what you need to do to take care of yourself mentally. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's just going to be the, the mantra of the day. Um, talk about the things that scare you and get help where you need it. You know, um, I knew that we weren't going to bring you guys a happy show today and that bums me out. I know that you come and you listen to us to be entertained and for an escape from this stuff sometimes, but sometimes you just got to jump in it and you got to, you know, you got to power through and figure it out, you know? So that's what we're going to bring you guys today. That's what we've got for you. Um, I love that we just did it as a conversation. We didn't do any flowers and bells and whistles and whatever. We just talked about it a little bit. And I honestly feel a little bit better. I don't feel like I have a direction yet, but I feel a little better. And I hope that our listeners 
feel a little better too. At least knowing some uh, someone else is in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's really it. That's all we're going to say for today. We love you guys. Yeah. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> we're going to get through it, guys. We we are I I believe that we're going to we're going to get through it. We got this. And that's all. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time.